Hi everyone, Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries, Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us and he has a word for you today, we are sure of it. Take some time out to listen and we'll be back as soon as we're done. God bless you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time that we have come together to hear from you. Jesus, your words are life to us. Therefore, we open ourselves up to hear what you have to say to us. Holy Spirit, this is your service. I yield to and become an active participant to what you want to accomplish here today. Thank you for personalizing this message of life for each of us and giving us what we need both immediately and in the future. In Jesus' name, amen. You turn around and wave at your neighbors. You all may be seated. Last week, we started the series of roll call and we received an awesome message of remove the dis from our midst. Well, this is Remove the Dis from Our Midst, Part 2. But referring to roll call, who are you? How are you identified? We're identified by name. If you're in a room, someone says, Michael Austin, I raise my hand. That's my name. That's how I'm identified. Also identified by family. What is Seal and Michael's oldest boy name? Michael Austin. You're also identified by association. Those you hang around. Those who hang around you. What's Derek's friend name? Vince Homeboy? Do Matt used to run around with? That would be me, Michael Austin. And there are many other ways that you could be identified. But as believers in Christ, we are identified also. The Bible says that we have been called by name. Our characteristics display that of our Father, Jesus and the spirit that dwells on the inside of us. Our association is spending time with the Holy Spirit and those of like-minded faith. Words are essential for how believers will live our lives. Pastor Shalita gave an awesome message last week. And I would advise you, or I would say encourage you, to go back and listen. If you heard it, listen again. It's an awesome word. But, not but, and, going right along with words is vision. I say a picture is worth a thousand words. In the same vein... I can use enough words to paint a picture in your mind, given the opportunity. 
And that's what we're here to do today, to get a picture of who God says we are, Amen. to remove all of the tricks and schemes of the enemy, to remove or take the diss out of our midst. All right, let's start off. Proverbs 29, verse 18, in the King James Version. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But, the he, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. So, we need a vision. Amen. What type of vision? In verse 18 in Amplified, it says, where there is no vision... No redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. But he who keeps the law of God, which includes that of man, blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable is he. So we need that redemptive revelation of God in our lives. In Genesis, chapter 1, verse 3, it says, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Interestingly enough, a little while ago, I was having a talk with the Holy Spirit, and he says, Son, what did I do first? Did I say, let there be light? Or did I see light? I said, according to your word, it said, you said, let there be light. He said, this is true. He said, but I saw light first. He said, so when light came into be, I knew exactly what it looked like. So, God is a God of vision. Amen. Amen. He gives us vision. Amen. But the enemy tries to paint a picture in your minds as well. The enemy cannot defeat us at all without our help. The enemy is a defeated foe. Amen. Hear people say the enemy is busy. He is losing, being defeated. The game is over. The scoreboard says we won. He's trying to get you to take off your uniform of the winning team and put on the uniform of the losing team. Don't do it. Do not do it. He is a liar. Amen. He is a father of lies. That is his DNA. We will not be fooled. We won't. Because we have the word. Amen. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of us. And we have people that he has placed in our lives that will hold us accountable. Mm -hmm. 
they'll ask you some of the hard questions. What have you been doing? Haven't heard from you in a while. What's been going on? Now, I will say this. In order to do some of those things, you have to have already established a relationship with those people. If I ain't called you, all of a sudden I call you and say, where you been? Click. Who are you talking to? He doesn't have a relationship with me. He doesn't know me like that. Now those people that I do know, get on the phone, call. They still might give an excuse, but it's not from the fact that we don't have an established relationship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Genesis, chapter 1, verses 26 through 28, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Now, it says that we were made in the image and the likeness of God. Therefore, God is a God of vision. We are people of vision. That's for all of mankind, not just believers. You've seen the vision of the world. You see it in commercials, see it in ads, see it by what things are said, trying to paint a picture in your mind. Now, the vision that they're trying to give is not a vision of the redemptive revelation of God, it's something else. It's something else. Life is, connect is connection to God. We are in him. We return to John 17 and verse 3. What is life? What is eternal life? And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. That is salvation, people. That is eternal life. To know God. To be connected to God. To be found in him. That is what it is to have eternal life. Death is separation from God. Our enemy is Satan. Also goes by the devil, Lucifer, he is identified in John 10.10. 10. He's a thief. He's a robber. And that's where the enemy wants us to be. He wants to, us to see ourselves as defeated. 
who wants to paint a picture that goes against who you are as a believer. He tried it with Jesus. In Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 3, says, When the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Now, if you've read before, you know that the devil had went out to the desert. He had been tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. Well, he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and then he was tempted by the devil. I've never fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. I do know what it feels like to be hungry. When he said, turn these stones into bread, Jesus was probably looking at a couple of Popeye's biscuits. He saw a picture of exactly what the enemy was saying. Enemy painted that picture. Why? Because physically, Jesus was weak. Saw those hot golden corral yeast rolls. Like, man, these look good. He saw it. How do you know he saw it? Because it was a temptation. It didn't work. Then Satan saith unto him, verse 6, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. Jesus thought about jumping. It was a temptation. If it was no temptation, psh, whatever. It's not a temptation for me to run as fast as I can and hit the back of that wall. That's not a temptation. Have no desire, none. None. A temptation would be for me to stand up here and eat a honey bun, though. Something that has something that pulls on you, that's what a temptation is. So if this was a temptation, and the Bible definitely does say that, and he thought about jumping. He could see himself jumping. He could probably see himself diving off. Angels sweeping in. Whew. Catching it. He could see it. Devil painted that picture. He didn't fall for it, though. He didn't fall for it. In verse 8, again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. That's a lot there. It's a lot there. But one of the things is the earth was in the devil's possession. Because Jesus didn't say, oh, that's a lie. He said he was tempted in that. So the earth was the devil's possession. The devil did have 
the authority to do it. And Jesus knew it. That's why it was a temptation. Now, each one of those times, Jesus combated those temptations with the word. Amen. Every single time. Because although Satan was trying to paint a picture for him, he already had the picture and the focus what the Heavenly Father had given him. That was his vision. That was his focus. That was his redemptive revelation from God. And so he didn't do it. Aren't you happy for that? We have the power to change what we see when it doesn't identify with who we are. In 2 Colossians, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, only temporary. They're subject to change. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Those things which God has promised you, those things which you have kept close near and dear to your heart, those things which you have gotten a vision for, those things which you have spoken, those things that you know belong to you, and you wait patiently in expectation, not to receive it because you've already received it for the manifestation of it. It belongs to you. It is yours. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says, Casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Enemy tries to drop those thoughts in your mind. Oh, you're not going to make it. You see yourself as defeated. You take thought. I mean, you take hold of those thoughts. I am victorious. I am more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have the victory that overcomes the world. When you see in your mind from a thought that's been given by the enemy that your children are out there doing whatever, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter because they've been covered in blood. The Bible says you shall be saved. Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved in your house. You decree and you declare that they are born again. You pray that skillful witnesses come across their path and share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you thank God that they have ears to hear. The Bible says that the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray that the Lord of the harvest send forth labors. And you declare that word. You come up with another picture. You come up with a redemptive revelation from God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're not subject to what we see in the natural. We're subject to what we believe, what we say, what we see in the spirit, what we decree, and what we walk in. Oh, it looks like you're losing. Game ain't over. Game ain't over in the natural. In the spirit, it's over. And we win. 
So the only thing I got to do is just keep playing. Keep fighting. What you fighting for? I'm fighting a good fight of faith. Good fight of faith says I win. Oh, but they got, don't matter. Oh, but don't you see? Don't matter. But you didn't hear? Don't matter. How you feel? Don't matter. It only matters what God says and what I agree with. The most powerful thing in our lives is our will. Bible says that by the stripes of Jesus we have been healed. Past tense. That means that healing belongs to us. Oh, the doctor said this. Oh, so what you're telling me is God's a liar. You know, God told me, he said, don't call me a liar. I sometimes raise some eyebrows. He was like, he call you a liar? He says, every time you agree with something, it goes against what I've said. You have called me a liar. And God is not a man that he should lie. Nor the son of man that he should repent. If he said it is so. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Now, my will can make it not so in my life. Because God has also given us choice. But that's on my part. That's not on his part. That's on my end. God, why didn't you do? I did. God says, I've done everything. Everything that I said I would do. Jesus came. And as you read through the Gospels, see that Jesus would do something. It says, so this scripture would be fulfilled. So that scripture would be fulfilled. There were certain things that he did on purpose because he knew that it was written. He said he would do this so that it would be fulfilled. It's fulfilled. It's fulfilled. The work of what has to take place is finished. Ain't nobody waiting for Jesus to do nothing because he's already done it. Yeah. Amen. He's already completed the assignment. Amen. We have to walk in it. Yeah. We have to accept it. We have to receive it. Yeah. We have to believe it. We have to say it. We have to see it. Yeah. We have to declare it. Yeah. Hallelujah. Believers are identified in Christ, and we must see ourselves as such. Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet, I, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Hallelujah. We're in Christ. We died with him. We rose again with him. 
We are in him, Colossians 3.3. 3. For ye are dead, and your sins, I mean, I'm sorry, and your life is hid with Christ in God. We're dead to sin. And our life is in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Don't let people take you back to who you used to be. Don't let them take you back. Well, I remember when you used to go in them stores, you used to steal everything in sight. That's not me. It's not me. I remember when you didn't do anything that your parents said. That's not me. That person is gone. Hallelujah. Remember that time you got kicked out of school? Mm-mm. Who are you talking about? He's death and he's death and buried. I'm alive in Christ. I'm a new person. God doesn't remember it, and neither do I. Hallelujah! Glory to God! Glory to God! The enemy is identified in John 10.10. 10. It says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Now, the enemy wants you to visualize yourself as being defeated. As believers in Christ, we're protected. from being disconnected with him. Romans 8, verse 35 says, Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Answer is no, none. Go down to verse 38 says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So nothing from the outside can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. John 10, verses 27 through 30 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. You are secure. There is no outside force that can take you out of the hand of God. Amen. They can separate you from the love of God. 
no outside force outside of you. Watch your words. Be careful the things that you hear and the things that you see. Don't let someone or an enemy place a vision that they would want to have for your life. Don't allow them to. The enemy tries to separate us from Christ totally or render us helpless. He can't do this on his own. He need our help. Don't give it to him. Proverbs 18 and 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Deuteronomy 30 verse 15 says, See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil. Go down to verse 19 and says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live. Listening to the enemy and his messages will make you see yourself defeated, give you a vision of defeat. Thinking and visualizing on these things will cause you to say these things and live in defeat. Let God's word be true in your life. Let everything and everyone that comes against that word be a liar. See them as such, address them as such, and make the necessary adjustments. Ooh, she looking bad. I don't know if she gonna make it. You know, the doctor says she got cancer. She ain't got nothing but two months to live. Man, she got them kids. I don't know what she gonna do. Get rid of that one. That's not what you need. That's not what you need in your life. You need someone that's showing you victory. Oh yeah, the doctor said that you have cancer. Now you know exactly what to come back. I'm coming into agreement with you concerning your total restoration and healing. I am there with you. God said that we are more than conquerors. God said that by the stripes of Jesus you are healed. Bible says that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, it shall be done by my Father which is in heaven. Bible says call for the elders of the church that they anoint you with oil and a prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. And there be anything that they have done wrong, it shall be forgiven them. Give you a vision of victory. Bible says we're long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. It doesn't matter what is said. Doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. 
It matters that you have that redemptive revelation knowledge of God of exactly what he said and exactly belong to you and you possess it. You declare it. You decree it. You walk in it. Hallelujah. Remove the dis from your midst. The enemy looks to cause distraction. Distract you from God's plan, purpose, and goal for your life. The vision of gain and riches by cutting corners, lying, other than acquiring wealth from the vision God gave you. Distractions. Get you off track. Lose focus. Lose vision. What he has for you. Oh, he's promised you that you'll have the desires of your heart. You're like, man, if I do this, it looks like it's going to take some time. But if I do this, man, I can see myself having a lot quicker. You just receive the vision of the enemy I see myself and you do taking a vision of the enemy and you've possessed it as your own don't fall into the trap disassociation disassociate with those people body of believers that hold you accountable vision of a godly relationship as opposed to the vision of beauty and lust before your eyes. You believe in God for a mate. Then that guy or that girl get into your peripheral and you see lip drop. Wow. Got another vision. Oh, I know I be, what I've been believing God for. And you got a list. That list has a lot that says about where you want them spiritually. But boy, your eyes say she look good. <laughs> your concern is not where she is spiritually. Anything else. You have now received a vision of something other and what God has for you. And you're not listening to those people that's like, hey, what church you belong to? Are they a believer? Oh, no, we ain't talk about that yet. <laughs> you know, I was going to invite them to church. Disconnection. Disconnect from the vision that God has given you. You see God understanding that with all the other things going on, you have to get him in where he fits in. But you're not saying that to your job, career, or business. Or the people who has given you their vision for your life. Man, it don't take all that to be a Christian. You going to that church giving them your money? Are you crazy? 
you see the car that that pastor drive? As opposed to the car you got? Man, give yourself a break. God understands that you got needs. Booty call. He'll understand. He says he's, he'll forgive me of everything. And see, this is the thing. He will. He will. There's no doubt about that. He will. But the memory that you have of continuing to do that over and over, it affects you. It affects your confidence in him. Because ultimately, the enemy wants to get you in a place of despair. Where you've total, totally lost hope in yourself. Because you say, at some point, it's going to come down to, man, I can't ask God again. I've been asking him this so many times. He's getting tired of me. I don't know what I'm going to do. That's where the enemy wants you. He wants your confidence in God to be totally shot. But we're going to remove this from our midst. Remove the diss from distraction so you can gain traction moving with the vision God has given you. Remove the diss from disassociation so that you can associate with God's people. It will allow you to be strengthened and encouraged by those people God has placed in your life to celebrate the vision you have from God and aren't letting you settle for a counterfeit. Remove the diss from disconnection so that you can connect with the Father, the Word, the Holy Spirit, so you're in tune to what God is speaking to and showing you concerning his vision for you. This will remove or replace the despair with hope, which fuels faith. We see believe, speak, and see the manifestation. Habakkuk 2, verses 1 through 3. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower, and I will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Hallelujah. 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 
Hallelujah. You could have been born in any time period through the course of time in human history, but you're here now. In Esther, chapter 4, verse 14, her uncle Mordecai, and the whole situation was this. They were trying to wipe out the Jews. Let's make it very clear. They were trying to wipe out the wipe out the Jews. They had made a plan. The enemy had a plan. He was going to wipe the Jews out. But unfortunately, God had another plan for that. Esther had been strategically put in place as a queen. And her uncle Mordecai was saying, you need to talk to the king and on behalf of the Jews, save them because this situation is going on and listen, if you don't do it, God's still going to rescue the Jews. He's still going to save them. You and your house don't. Ain't going to look too good. But Mordecai said that she was probably, he said she was probably created for such a time as it was to deliver the Jews deliver the Jews. We know that she was definitely created for a time to deliver the Jews. But I believe that we're here right now for such a time as this. See yourself fulfilling the purposes of God. See yourself enjoying everything that God promised you would. See yourself living that victorious long life that is ours. See it Believe it, decree it, declare it, and walk in it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word. I thank you that it does not return to you void, but it accomplishes that which you desire and achieve the purpose for which you sent it. Lord, I thank you that it will cause life in those that hear. I thank you for the Holy Spirit that dwells on the inside of us. I thank you that he leads us and he guides us into all truth. I thank you, Lord, for who you are in our lives. And we just give you glory and honor and praise for it in the name of Jesus. Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it blessed you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.